Nancy Bass Wyden is the president. <laughs> this is not so corporate here. It's the I'm the owner. The owner along with my dad, Fred Bass of okay. the Strand, and it was founded by my grandfather 85 years ago in 1927 in an area that was in New York City that was known as Book Row. And it was a famous area because there were about 48 bookstores all along 4th Avenue. And um, we're the, actually the only survivors from that time. Welcome to the Bibliophile, first of all. <laughs> Glad to be interviewed. Thanks for coming out here. So that begs the question, why have you survived and why uh, hasn't anyone else? We survived um, through a lot of hard work and um, enduring a lot of times and sometimes very tough times. I think it's been uh, you know three generations of being passionate about books and really loving to be here and wanting to work really hard at it. And also helps to be in New York City. You know, this is a, a place filled with uh, book lovers and people in the arts and, and the publishing industry is here. And so we're able to get in employees that are English majors and that you know recommend books and and we're able to get great source of books too with using and acquiring books. Whenever I come to your website I'm just amazed at the selection of books that you have. And so location then seems to me to be one of the reasons for your success and yet the others didn't succeed. So you were the last one standing. Is it just because of your size? Well, um, if you go back and look at the history of Book Row, a lot of people will say that it was the rents that drove out the bookstores, and the rents did go up, but if you ask my dad, he will say that, that it's because he had a successor, that a lot of the, um, the people that worked around Book Row, you know, they had to work so hard, and there was so much competition, that they actually encouraged their kids to become doctors and lawyers. and. Um, my dad wanted to be a bookseller, so this, you know, the Strand had a successor, a willing and able successor. It was in the blood, and there's a, a love of it. it. It does very much seem to me that bookstores are successful because of the owner. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the bookstores will really reflect the owner if you, you know, pay attention to you know, selection and the details and how things are displayed. I've also heard the used antiquarian booksellers described as curators. Mm -hmm. That's true. They uh, promote the books that they love or remember that they're responding to what their customers love. So they are curators and do, you know, spread ideas and, and inspiration. That's the best part about being in this business. Go into a reading, and what you know, a famous author, you know, Chuck Close will say, "Well, he found some books here, and this inspired him to do something else, and that makes it all worthwhile." Or I, I ordered a hat from somebody in um, California, and she was on the phone. She's an owner of that hat store, and she was telling me about this book that she found at the Strand. So that just made me feel really good. We talked earlier about the huge stream of books that comes into your store thanks to the city that you're in. But you don't take them all, obviously, do you? The kind of books we're looking for quality books that people, I know this is very simple, that, still, that people still love. The books that do not sell well at the Strand might be, you know, just very popular fiction or romance novels or self-help books. Yeah. And the books that do well here are substantial books, um, good histories, you know, classics, um, kind of perennial favorites, antiquarian books, things that will stand the test of time.
And so that was your father's philosophy, go after books of substance. Yes, that's what, that's what sells here. Yeah, you've obviously got a, a fairly intellectual customer base. Yeah, definitely intellectual, sophisticated, you know. They buy um, a huge range of, of genre, too. Your father then took over from his father? Yes. He's actually in London right now. My dad's in London buying books, so oh, he's <laughs> you know what he does in his spare time. <laughs> the London Book Fair is on right now. I think you're right. Time. But he wouldn't be he would be there just as a coincidence. Or is he is He's it, buying books. He's buying new books or remainder books? Remainder books. That's where he will go to find out about new titles and titles that he can pick up for a reasonable price. Right. He's eighty four years old. <laughs> in here every day. He's not out in London like Right. Well, I think that buying books and hunting down books and collecting books keeps people alive. Yes. It's a, a kind of a thrill of the chase or a desire to complete something mm -hmm. that gives you a reason to get up in the morning. Is he a collector? He is a collector. You know, when you own a bookstore, you have to narrow down your interest. You, just, you don't want to take the best things for yourself, too, and then you also don't want to have your home turn into a bookstore. So um, my dad, his favorite is Matisse, his favorite artist. So very early on, he just loved Matisse, and he collected all the books that had anything to do with Matisse. And then, of course, in his library, there's a lot of um, books of people that, you know, walked into the store, authors that he loved, you know, or kind of things that, books that have stories, a lot of them are signed by the authors. Yeah. Like Abby Hoffman, or Kurt Vonnegut, or Saul Bellows, a lot of books of authors that have meaning for him. Right. Zero Mostel used to come in the store all the time, so. You obviously then have the same, you weren't forced Probably. into this. Oh, oh the same. Oh, I but I was about to say. The, the collecting. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've narrowed it down to biographies, and I love political books, American political books, and I love books on New York. Signed presidential items, you know, even Barack Obama and um, Ted Roosevelt, some women that I admire, Joan Didion, Eleanor Roosevelt, Elizabeth Edwards, who's been through a lot of, you know, signed books of, of hers, too. So inspiration. Yes, and historical. My husband is in the political world, so that's also... Okay, so that helps. Vicious. Yeah. You're still standing, and you're dealing with the e-book. That's more than a phenomenon, <laughs> a reality. Freight train. Yeah. But a lot of your books kind of come in fairly close to what an e-book might cost anyway. Right. Actually, we just had a big window display. I don't know if you saw it. It was up yesterday. Um, these books are cheaper than e-books. And we had a, a table filled with them, too. Which is really true. A lot, a lot of books here are less expensive than e-books, and then you get to keep them, you can bring them home, and then you can bring them to a friend. We've done um, surveys, American Book Sellers Association's and surveys amongst avid readers, and 50% of avid readers do not want to have anything to do with e-books. You know, people love books, and who wants to bring the machine to, to bed with them? would rather have a book. Yeah, you know? cold, hard. You're not getting in bed with the e-book trend then, but you're not right. selling e-books here. We are not, no. We're just doing with a physical book. What about your store as a literary destination? I've talked to so many people who, when you mention New York, they automatically mention the Strand. How do you see your store? People have told me that it's you know an iconic bookstore or it's 
legendary. We just really tried to have the best bookstore that, that we can. So try to hire, you know, employees that love books. Almost everybody here is college major. And we try to have a lot of fun with recommending things. Yeah. Every month we have a curated collection and we invite authors to put in their favorite books and recommend them. Friendly Woods has done that recently. Ann Tyler is going to be doing it. Jay McInerney is going to be next month. And then we have all these literary events. Tonight, I was just mentioning that we have the New Yorker cartoonist panel, and we have Francis Moulet. He decides what kind of artwork to put into the, the New Yorker, and Art Spiegelman's going to be here. And we just had, on Friday, James Franco, the actor. So there's a lot of, we just had David Sedaris recently, we had Patty Smith recently. So there's really a lot of exciting things that are here, and we do try to make this a a magnet for literary people and, you know, people that just love reading. So Mm -hmm. that's our sub-slogan is um, where books are loved. What about the young, uh, aspiring, used bookseller? What, What advice would you have for them? I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. I, I really do. You know, first of all, I think there's always a backlash with technology. And then, like I said, a lot of people don't even, aren't even going to get on board on, on this. And then antiquarian books will increase in value. I mean, they'll become more and more rare and collectible. And, you know, people like sign copies of things and uh, unusual ways that, that books were printed. So I would say go for it. And I would also say that, you know, you just got to be mindful that this is, you have to really love this because this is what's going to take up all your time. You have to be devoted, devoted to this, especially, I'm talking about if you have a physical bookstore, you know. I guess you could put up an e-book store, a, not an e-book store, an but online bookstore, book yeah. very, yeah. very easily to do that with your personal collection. But if you're going to put up an actual bookstore, it takes a lot of, yeah, passion and it's going to take up your life, you know, yes, your life's yes. work, you know, to do it successfully. Uh, well, the thing is, too, bookstores, uh, used bookstores, as much as anything, provide, a, a, I think, a wonderful public service. They serve as uh, oases where you can just contemplate and browse and you're not going to get kicked out if you don't buy anything necessarily. Mm-hmm. And in France, they respect this and they give booksellers tax moratoriums. No, I didn't even know that that was occurring. I do say wherever I go, I am visiting a bookstore. And I was just came back from Tokyo, mm-hmm. and I just saw, I don't know if you know this bookstore, I don't know. it's Tusana Books, brand new bookstore in Tokyo. People are saying, you know, the bookstore world is so dead, yeah. and they have three ultra-modern book buildings there. It's very innovative, they've embraced technology, their travel section has a person there that will actually book trips. And they have a whole movie section, and they'll have the iPads playing the movies, and they'll sell the vintage posters, and, and the I Starbucks there. I was there. just about to say, yeah, yeah. There, there they are. There's they a lot of opportunity out there, and a lot of fun, because people love to shop. Our store sales keep going up and up, because people do, you know, they need to find a community of book lovers, they, they want to find the serendipity of discovering things, yeah. they don't want to sit at home being tethered to their devices. So, when I came into the store, as I do every time I come to New York, it's always jam-packed with people. 
And, and again, you just don't expect to see that in a bookstore, but it is. Yeah, it is always busy here. It's really, it's really so fulfilling that, that that's the case. We try to always make things uh, very fresh. You know, we have our bargain books outside. They range from 48 cents to what we have some $5 ones, but most of them are books for a buck. Um, and then we come inside and we try to have a lot of staff recommendations and author recommendations. And we have our Strand 80 table, which is our best um, voted by our customers as our all-time perennial favorites. So we also have put in a lot of things that are just kind of fun items, too, that are related to the literary world, book bags and bookmarks and magnets that are just have a, you know, a little bit of a, a punchline to, having, to also having books and book giving. The business has been up over the last five years, then, let's say? It, you know, it's been up and down. It's, been, it's definitely been a time of a lot of change in this, in this industry. So we did have a very, very, very good Christmas. And it's up for this year right now. It's, it's still a challenge. It's a challenge, yeah. And we keep, you know, and that's what you got to do with anything. You have to change things according to how customers shop and how customers read. And that has the world has changed. You, you mentioned going to Tokyo. Are you a literary tourist? Yes, every place I go to, I'm in a bookstore, and my husband too. And we always buy books, which is really really southern. But there we are. <laughs> Do you have a favorite literary destination? In New York, I love going to the Morgan Library. I love in Portland, Oregon, going to Powell's Bookstore. You know, Philadelphia, I love to go to that Rosenbach collection. Huntington Library out in California is just fantastic. You know, if I'm in an airport, I go to the airport bookstores. I think Powell's, I don't know if they still do, but I think they had a branch out at the airport. Yeah, they actually have two branches out in the airport, okay. but on two sides of the terminal. They're pretty innovative as well. Right, they definitely are. They don't have any used books at the, at, okay. um, but they do have really good hand-selected books, some kids' items and you know games and things like that. This is a kind of off-the-wall question. Uh, what makes you saddest? Well, as a mom, I mean, you're talking about just general things. What's really been affecting me now is, is if I see children in kind of any kind of distress. And I do travel a lot. I was in Madagascar recently, and I was just came back from India. So we visited, my husband and I visited a, um, a runaway shelter for boys. I just is, um, and you see how, you know, how many, how lucky we are in America, how much resources we have, and you can see, you know, even in India though, the the kids were so hungry to learn English. More related to this interview is probably seeing iconic businesses go out of business. So the Forbes. They had a Forbes gallery and the Forbes building here, you know, where that was just so New York, and, and it was capitalism, but you know, it was just uh, that the things could die so suddenly. Second Avenue Deli, which was right near here, Blue Chow's, which was around the block. It was such a long established business with uh, such a great reputation, and then it could just change overnight. I think that speaks to what you said earlier on about how connected successful businesses are to their owners. I'm just thinking of Peter Howard now from the Serendipity books. It's the joy and the passion that individuals bring to their businesses that as much as anything else determine 
their longevity and success. Right, and in New York, so many bookstores have been wiped out that deserve to be here. You know, the Coliseum, Borders just came out that's why it's but Gotham wouldn't be one that really should should be around and children's bookstores. Your um, was here. You know, in all the Fourth Avenue bookstores, I wish they were gone. You, you don't want to sound nostalgic and, and living in the past, and yet wouldn't it have been great to have been alive in the 50s when you could, prior to the internet, when you could have strolled through that area and picked up all sorts of, because of your knowledge, mm-hmm. picked up all sorts of bargains, and now it's difficult for anyone to find a bargain because it, all, all the booksellers, regardless of their expertise, just go and check the price online before they price their books. Definitely, have lost something with that. Um, but anyway, I hope people people are reading more, so even if it's online. So that's kind of a good thing. I don't want to be yeah. too pessimistic about the future. Yeah. What about what makes you happiest then, just in general, and then specifically what we're talking about? I like to I like things to build on things. I like when things grow. I like when the strand grows. I like when people are grow with themselves and be happy. And I, you know, I like seeing. Progress, you know, even when a garden grows <laughs> like that, it's very simple. But that makes me really happy to see that, and to, and if I can be a part of that, that makes me even happier. And as it pertains to what you're doing, how do you make what you're doing uh, grow? Having the bookstore, it's embodied with the people that work here, and so if they can grow, um, and that makes me happy they start, are feeling fulfilled. I think it's great to employ people, you know, to support families. You know, I love um, that customers come in and they feel inspired by books and they um, feel happy to acquire, acquire them. And, and really, books are very inexpensive. Our average price of a book is like $9. So, you know, you read a whole book, it might take you a day, but that's, you know, that's so much of a great value to um, and you learn so much and be entertaining and it's just so fulfilling. Collecting books too, I think, can be very fulfilling. I think that books are undervalued in the antiquarian market. A couple categories, especially undervalued. I think that fine bindings, the workmanship and the details that sometimes will go into uh, how they do marble paper, how they do the tooling. There are not as many people coming around and collecting that right now. I think art books are a great category too that have never really seen their value, especially if they're signed by the artist, because you see, you know, million dollar paintings Absolutely. and then it's yeah. signed an art book is signed by an artist and it's just not worth as much. So you know that that's a great art. sometimes the artists even do little drawings in the books. I was in Vancouver not that long ago and I purchased a a book of uh, photography by uh, Fred Herzog, who's mm-hmm. well known there, and it's signed. And I happened to interview the designer of that book, and he told me that Fred sat down and spent as much time with that book and and discussing what should go into that book as he did actually doing the. F- photographs themselves so as you say if you want a connection with the artist or the photographer I think I paid $60 for that and then one of his photographs goes for 
I don't know, $5,000. I suppose the, the market will eventually, if you're looking for an investment, which is kind of stupid to do in the first place with books because you should love them. But that's what you're speaking to then. And I think photography books have started to catch on, but they're not where they should go. Our, our best-selling books are fiction, like most bookstores, but then what's unusual with us is that our second best-selling books are art books. And within the art category, our best-selling book is books on photography, which just kind of shows you what, how people in New York are thinking. Do you do anything to encourage the collecting of books? Do you have people here that put on... Uh, seminars on what to collect. We have had some, some book seminars on book binding here. And our rare book people are it's very open to the public. We have three rare, rare book experts. So you just go up to the third floor and you can ask them any kind of questions. So it's a free resource? Yeah, I've always wanted to do nights where you can bring in your book. Bring in your books, kind of like the Channel 13 where we show they haven't pulled that off yet. Just in winding down, there's definitely the two kinds of book buyers. There's a buyer that's interested in reading and the content, and then there's the buyer that's interested in the book as object. What with the content becoming more readily available online, it seems to me, as you've said, that, that the book as object is really a good place for booksellers to focus. Yeah, they can do both. Absolutely. Any parting uh, remarks or comments you'd like to make to people who love books who may be listening? Well, I just want to say, Nigel, I'm just so happy that you have your book blog and you, you know, encourage people to travel and see bookstores all over the world. And I think what you're doing is, is help, helps us all. It's indeed my pleasure to do that and to have met you. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'll be speaking with Nancy Bass, who is the owner with her father of Strand Books. The Strand Books? Strand Bookstore is what we say, but Strand. a lot of people just say The Strand, so. In New York, New York. Thanks again. Thank you.